Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. This weekend, we celebrate the very end of our current liturgical year. And in doing so, we celebrate the Feast of Christ the King. Now, we all know it's absolutely vital for any successful organization to have a strong and capable leader. We experience that in the workplace, in our local and national government. Now, it's interesting. The Bible describes Jesus as our King, who is not bound to any particular time or culture. Sacred Scripture speaks to us that Jesus, as King of God's kingdom in this world and the world to come, that of heaven. Now, we can say that Jesus' kingship is likened to a president or maybe a prime minister in our own day and age. See, if that's the case, then we treat Jesus as an elected official. Well, now we have some control over him. Like an elected official, if we don't like or agree with his policies or his way of life, we can vote him out. But we don't have control over Christ. Instead, we profess Jesus Christ is our King. We profess that at every Mass. That is, that Christ is to whom our lives are ordered to. And it is to Christ, whom total allegiance and obedience is due for each and every one of us. John Paul II, in many of his homilies, and writings proclaimed that Christ is the King of our lives, such that at the heart of Catholic discipleship is to know Christ, to love Christ, and to serve Him. Now, the first century Christians proclaimed what we celebrate here today, Jesus Domine, Jesus Christ is King and Lord. Now, this was a very bold and provocative statement to make in the first century, Jesus Domine. Why? Well, if you're living in the first century in the Roman Empire, Caesar is your Lord and King. He is the Lord of your life, not Jesus. If you proclaimed anyone else Lord other than Caesar, then you're guilty of treason and thrown in prison. But the early Christians, beginning with the apostles, said no. Instead, they said, Jesus Domine, Jesus is our Lord and King. And this is the reason why many of the apostles, for example, St. Paul, spent half of his 25 years of ministry in Roman prisons throughout Asia and Europe for proclaiming what we celebrate today, Jesus Domine, Christ is King. More to it, in the first three centuries of our early church, many of the popes were martyred and countless of Christians were martyred and executed because they boldly proclaimed what we celebrate today. Jesus Domine, Jesus is Lord and King. Now, with that in mind, go to the second reading from Paul's letter to the Colossians. This passage is one of the most strongest statements that St. Paul makes about Jesus in all of his letters. Notice what Paul says. 
He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Well, Christ makes visible the life and the love of the invisible God. Jesus' humanity brings the Father and the Holy Spirit in full view. Now, he's the firstborn of creation. Paul is telling us that Christ reversed the sin of Adam. Adam's sin, original sin, disfigured our image. Remember, we are all made in the image and likeness of God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Well, Christ comes to reverse what Adam did by reshaping our image in the likeness of God, the way it was meant to be before the fall of grace. More to it, Christ is the image because he is of one substance with the Father and the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one, and we are made in that image. Next, Paul continues. He says, For in him were created all things in heaven and on earth, the visible and invisible. Well, Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. Paul continues. He says, Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Here, Paul names the various classes of angels. Christ truly reigns supreme over all the angels. Paul continues, He is the head, the body, the church. This points to Christ's union with the church, who as head directs and oversees the activities of all of her members. Paul has a great analogy. It stresses that the head and the body share the same life. Well, we truly do that. At the moment of our baptism, each and every one of us now share a life in Jesus Christ. And so, the head, which is Jesus, the church, which is us, now we share a communion of life together. Paul continues, He is the firstborn from the dead. Well, Paul attests that Christ is the first to be raised from the dead and share now immortality to come with each and every one of us. Paul continues, For in, in him all the fullness was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile all things for him, making peace by the blood of the cross, through him whether those on earth or in heaven. Well, Christ is fully divine. Because of his fullness and his power and holiness, it all resides within Jesus Christ. Notice, too, he says to reconcile all. Well, the death of Jesus restores peace between the Father and all of humanity, the way it was meant to be before the fall of grace. More to it, friendship is now restored. Friendship between the Father and humanity, which was once interrupted by the sin of Adam, is now restored by Jesus Christ. That friendship, in which it says in Genesis, God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, walked in easy fellowship with Adam and Eve in the cool evening of the garden. That's exactly what God wants from all of humanity, and now it's restored by Jesus Christ. The new harmony is returned through Jesus, his, through his death and resurrection. Now the new law, through Jesus Christ, renews the universe. One last thought about this great feast. Turn to the gospel. Here, Luke gives us this image of Jesus dying on the cross. It says, The rulers sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others. Let him save himself. 
If he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at Jesus. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now, one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuked him and said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we receive corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into the kingdom. Jesus said to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is a great image, the image of our king, our king dying on the cross for each and every one of us. Except for his mother and a few others, Jesus is all alone. The apostles have abandoned him. Jesus is stripped and nailed to a cross. To make matters even worse, people are taunting him. They're jeering at him, making fun of him. Jesus is abandoned, dying, and being humiliated. This is the image of our king, Jesus Domine. What is the world's view of a king? Power, authority, the ability to save yourself. Look at the leader of many of the countries around the world. They're powerful because they're able to protect themselves. Look at our own politicians. They're powerful because of their ability to protect themselves. Look at our true king. He doesn't save himself, but instead he does just the opposite. He gives himself away for each and every one of us. That's the image of our king. Our king is one who empties himself so that the world, so that you and I can be saved, so that we can have life. That's the image of our king. Our king, yes, he wears a crown. It's not of gold or jewels, but it's a crown of thorns. Yes, our king mounts a throne. It's not of power or grandeur. It's the throne of the cross. That's where he reigns. And that's the image of our king. It's the image of self-emptying love. Friends, today we proclaim what Christians have proclaimed from the very first century and centuries on end. Jesus Domine. Jesus Christ truly is our King. He is to whom our life is ordered to, now and always. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.